Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to TPI Talk in 20, where we're making entrepreneurship and investing a team sport. The Players Impact is an exclusive network of athletes, artists, and collaborators inspired and encouraged to shape the future we envision. Through opportunity, education, and influence, our elite collective accelerates the potential of every member to transcend any game. At The Players Impact, we are about legacy beyond our professional careers. We are bringing our diverse community of investors, entrepreneurs, and those in transition together through this podcast with thought leadership, subject matter expertise, and peer advice. Listen to us where you find your favorite podcasts. You don't want to miss hearing from our team of professional athletes, venture capitalists, and other founding CEOs about their stories, opportunities, and experiences. I'm Tracy DeForge, the founder and CEO, your host of TPI Talking 20. Hi, Josh Dixon. Hello, hello, Tracy. I'm doing well. I have my Frenchie back home and uh, life is good. Oh, good. I know we share that love of Frenchies now. My newest love of Frenchies, my baby. Um, Josh, let me introduce you to the TPI community. I know so many of them already know you. you've been involved for quite some time, but want to just share that Josh is a California native and longtime member of the U.S. national team uh, for men's gymnastics and a two-time NCAA championship program at Stanford University. And you took that well beyond to head over to Colorado Springs in the Olympic Training Center um, as part of the senior national team. And that is incredible. And I would love to let you add more to that. And then let's talk about where you took all of that amazing work and, and, and brought that into the political arena um, of all things. So, so curious about that. And welcome to TPI's Talk in 20. Yeah, thanks for having me. Obviously, great to be a part of this group. There are so many different verticals we're moving and working in. Um, but with all things gymnastics, it's it literally seems like just yesterday, but it is now several, several years removed from training, competing, just that relentless headspace of perfection and frankly, pain, <laughs> your, your, your body takes a toll. Um, but yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to, ha- number one, have the opportunity to compete um, and to be exposed to gymnastics. And then obviously have the opportunity to bring it to Stanford in a little bit beyond um at, so yeah. at what point Josh at what point you know because this is so interesting I think for our athletes who are obviously the same high achieving level as yours but when what point in your life were you like yes I can do this I can go off and chase that dream and, and have a shot at it um I mean in the in the fantasy land you see it on tv during the olympics when you're six seven years old and oh I want to do that and then just through like youth sport um I don't know maybe like 10 11 12 it was I I guess I I recognized I was I was pretty good at it but my parents and coaches did a very good job um not letting me uh get too big of a head with that and then frankly right around high school the commitment actually two inflection points high school of oh junior national team colleges ncaa education was always first and foremost for myself and my family and so 
then it was a it was a time allocation. Okay, you're you're really good at this. Let's see where you can take it. And then in college, the latter years of college, it was a very concerted effort to change up diet and habits and sleeping and really, really, really taking it to the next level while I was becoming a little bit more physical of a human at age 20. And it's like, oh, I'm now strong. Like, this is interesting. I'm getting actually pretty good at my sport. And that that was kind of the time of which it was, okay, this Olympics dream, I, th- I think could be uh, something I, I really want to touch. Yeah, amazing. And you did. You did just that, didn't you? Yeah, it was it was great to be a part of our national team. It was, um, again, great opportunity to train at the Olympic Training Center with our with USA Gymnastics. Um, yeah, it was it was a something I probably wouldn't do again, <laughs> but a, a, a great opportunity, and I, I learned a lot about myself in that process. Yeah. And so the things that you're learning about yourself and, and really, I think most athletes have to have that moment of self-reflection, right. And understanding sort of what am I doing? Where am I going? What have I done to, you know, as you mentioned, putting that extra effort in college to be that athlete, putting that extra effort into being more than an athlete. Talk about your transition from being an athlete and, and how focused, how much time that took. And, and obviously you, you were, as you mentioned, uh, focused on your academics. How did you transition into your career, your first career, I'll call it, it, it and also why politics? Yeah, something that I was very aware of while I was training at the Olympic Training Center was it was sports, sports and more sports. I, I had never been in that environment. Um, yes, in college, it was, we, we trained a lot. We were spending hours upon hours with our, our coaches, our team training, competing, but I had never been in a strictly sports environment. And in my mind, I was going crazy. I was outside of practice, thinking about practice, thinking about the next practice and very quickly kind of went to the default of, okay, how do we start building out a more well-rounded headspace, one, to give me reprieve from the intense training and competing that we were doing, but two, when the music stops on this athletic journey, I I don't want to be just a gymnast or just have this really high-level experience, and I would only be a subject matter expert in that. And it was definitely a path I didn't want to go down in terms of coaching or um, owning a gym that did not excite me at all. Um, so I, I actually worked kind of as a intern with the U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee's development team um, and started to really understand the business aspect of how they raise funds and how they go about doing it and working with them to create reports. And we did a pretty massive study in 2014, 2015 that really gave me some I guess just knowledge of a different vertical of the organization that I was competing for. Um, so that was fun. It was, it helped that there was a Stanford connection there. And I made those reach outs say, Hey, John Denny, like, can you put me to work? Because my mind is going to mush just training and thinking about my shoulder or this high bar dismount that was wreaking havoc on my, on my uh, efforts on that event. So it was a way to 
put my mind in a different headspace. And then politics, obviously 2016, very, very, very interesting election year, election, election cycle. And I don't know, just something about wanting to learn the grassroots level of campaign. And yeah, we all know it's essentially, essentially voter registration and get out the vote. But it's like, here's a democracy where we're pouring millions upon millions and millions of dollars into two very simple items. And obviously understanding policy a little bit better and wanting to be of impact through a public service lens. It's like, I need to, I want to learn this at the grassroots level and understand what community efforts look like, understand um, these transitions that politicians, politicians go through from being a state representative to elected congressmen or women to something greater. So I had the really cool opportunity to get firsthand experience on the coordinated campaign in Nevada and ultimately helped elect the first Latina ever elected into the U.S. Senate, which was amazing and worked in Senator Cortez Massa's office for about a year in DC during the transition uh, period, obviously from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. And at that period of time, did you feel like as an athlete, there was an impact you could make for that campaign? Was there anything tied to what you were doing on your training to how you could see results or impact it in, in that arena? Yeah, I mean, the, on like the very, very, very basic level of, yeah, if I have visibility in a platform through sports, 100%, I can at a minimum post about it, tweet about it, drive awareness around what I was doing ultimately to help a candidate who I was uh, very passionately <laughs> advocating for. Um, so just the, that awareness, but from, uh, I guess, what I learned or garnered from athletics at that level, uh, just frankly, an ability to outwork a lot of people. <laughs> and it, it yeah. sounds, um, I don't know, it sounds kind of basic, but uh, it's, it's I, I was finding more and more that just the ability to find a way to make something happen or to just dive in with we will win mentality and you're going to find a way to get there however much suffering it takes to get there or sleepless nights or whatnot you will just outwork uh the competition and so that a lot like entrepreneurship (laughs) yeah that uh you don't you don't always need to be the most talented you just have to be willing to I guess, as Rafa said, suffer a little bit more than the rest. Isn't that true? Okay. And so when, and what would you have considered at that moment, like your biggest obstacle, right? If, if you just knew it was a mindset of outworking and getting to where you needed to be, what's, what would you consider any athletes yours, yours highlight yours, but what is the biggest challenge to go from the field, the court, the mat to um, something as, you know, as interesting and, and successful as you are a part of? I think one of the things that was a, a struggle was the lack of structure. You go from the, I mean, for me, it was the previous 25 years of my life. It was get up at this time, eat this, do this, train this way, recover this way. And essentially you're, you're a machine to a degree in that 
daily, weekly, yearly structure. And then overnight, like literally overnight, that structure is not relevant to your life. So it's like, okay, you know how to operate within this construct. You no longer have that anchor point or even identity, so to speak, as an athlete who's relevant in that space and actively pursuing relevancy and the desire to win in that space. So now how do we like reappropriate all of those skill sets and curiosities and questions into a different arena? And this was just one of the, I guess, first arenas that I was exposed to and had a, a curiosity to jump in. Now, you've done a lot more since then, um, but you did just recently share that you are, you're part of something big coming up this summer. Do you, uh, are you able to chat about that? Oh, I, I actually don't know if I'm able to. <laughs> um, let's see. I, right, Ryan can edit this part, but we'll just, we'll put it in. And then if we can, if I don't get the green light, but yes, the U.S. State Department has sports diplomacy envoys. And I, it looks like I will have an opportunity to participate in one um, with the U.S. State Department to kind of help foster diplomatic relations with outside country. I'll keep that uh, anonymous for now with outside countries using sport and um, going in and teaching gymnastics and helping, I, I don't want to say fully repair severed ties, but it's... Uh, increasing diplomatic relationships through sport and any relevancy I ever had in that space. Sport, sport is a big uniter, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it brings people together, much like our community, right? That's like our, our community is made up of athletes from 27, 28 different sports across the globe. Um, and you're bringing them all together sharing the same passion and drive. So that's very interesting, Josh. And I hope we are able to talk more about it. Maybe when you get back. Yes. Um, I, I hope I can do more on that. I, there's obviously there's another participant and uh, that's kind of the, the logistics we're working through right now, but I, we'll, we'll chat about that offline. Yeah. I totally put you on the spot there. No. <laughs> So, um, all right, let's, let's chat a little bit about, you know, what we're talking career development for athletes and, and thinking maybe not even just career development, but like what's next, how do you inform yourself for the opportunities, um, to, to try to avail yourself? You, you obviously had, had a great networking community inside of Stanford, um, when we're talking about, you know, the player's impact specifically, you came in as an athlete, what drew you to our community? Um, and, and what have you found to be the takeaways that, that you could share to others that are listening? Yeah, what, obviously the athlete network is the immediate draw of here's a, here's a consortium of athletes that understand exactly what you just went through, what you're going through and, a level of achievement that they also know some of this, the sacrifices, those head spaces you have to get to. So it's like, oh, okay, now here's this working group that's now tackling a philanthropy arm, uh, an in, technically an investment vehicle into deals that you're you're not given access to unless you are part of a 
a private equity group or a fund, so to speak, or, or have those touch points as an accredited investor. So I really loved the education piece around here's how we can help athletes transition or at least pique their curiosity around different spaces that are still relevant to the sports ecosystem, but like you say, democratize investing to a, to a degree. Um, sorry, I lost the second part of that question. Uh, just you know, what you found to be helpful. Oh, someone's calling. Something o'clock. <laughs> um, I, you know what I did too. So we could just go with more of like the benefits that you feel like the community offers, uh, you know, the platform in, its of, in and of itself. And, and if you were to say, you know, how could athletes take advantage of it? Yeah, I would. And the benefits, it's like, it's an open forum to past, present and upcoming athletes of ask as many questions as possible. And there will be answers within this group because of the individuals like yourself who are in it of there are, there are advisors, there are um, companies looking for investment. There's companies that TPI has exited from. There are other athletes with their own nonprofits. There's TPI with their philanthropy angle. So there, if, if there's ever a question one around the sports space, not from the talent or athlete point of view, any of those questions are asked and answered. And frankly, a lot in the business space as well. It's like, oh, can someone explain to me how licensing works or partnerships or players associations activate with brands or other investments? Or how does one become um, a venture partner in any one of these funds? Or how can I better put some of my money to work for me and this group. Um, so it's, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a great forum for any question from any one of these athletes who might be looking for guidance or just answers or um, curious about how to get more involved in the ecosystem that they've been in for the past 20 years of 20 plus years of their own lives. Yeah. And you've, you've recently done an, an amazing job of using your social media and your presence as an athlete, you, you know, really distinguishing you and your brand, giving yourself, a, you know, being your, a platform unto yourself. Like, how did you go about that as something that also increases your exposure and um, I guess, reach? Yeah. So I, I guess initially I was um, thrown into that space through traditional partnerships and sponsorships while being an athlete. And then immediately outside of that space, obviously from 2016 to present day, social media marketing and awareness has gone gangbusters. It's the wild west. So first and foremost, it's one, another revenue stream Two, you have the ability to learn a lot about where brands where and how brands are interacting with their audience, whether that's brand direct or through an agency. And so it really gives you a pulse of how corporate enterprise wants their information to be consumed. And and then on the flip side, what's resonating with your own audience. So you become very informed of a marketing lens, which just by being in it. And then in terms of finding your voice, undoubtedly, and for myself, you're, you're passionate about things beyond your sport. 
and you're then able to speak to it. So for me, it was education. I have a scholarship to my high school that I do every year of education was what allowed me a lot of these opportunities in tandem with sport. And you, those are things you can talk about. And I, I work with United Way on philanthropic enterprise. And so it really starting to understand, like, I guess, athletes voice beyond the craft of an athlete and how your media platform can amplify that. And then obviously with TPI, you now have hundreds of uh, hundreds, if not thousands of other partners to help amplify each other's platforms as well. Yeah. Well said. And that's great. It's like, you know, I think sometimes athletes feel like if they weren't on the top of their performance in the, on the fields or on the ice, that they don't necessarily feel like they're, that that platform is deserving. And mm. I, I think that that's also something that we want to change the narrative around because it, as micro influencers or those that have impact or, or can do good while doing well, um, should do the exact same thing. People want to hear from athletes. Yeah, hundred percent. Gold medal winner or not, it helps position them and establish another lane for success in a similar way they just did for sports. And frankly, I'm I'm always going through that iterative process myself. Of, I'm I'm, I'm very aware I need to do a better job now speaking to kind of the investment side and um, business side of what I do on a day to day basis more than just brand partnerships and education stints. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, I think that's our time, but we always like to end with a fun question. Mm. Uh, and we are gonna put you on the hot seat. You're a, a summer sport. If you were in the Olympics today, you'd be a summer sport. So if you could successfully compete in one Olympic sport, winter Olympic sport, which would you choose? I... Well, I'll choose something similar to gymnastics. The aerial skiing, I think, is just insane. Um, it's it's so beautiful. Obviously, same type of air awareness, but at a whole different level of, I don't even know, like four flips, five twists, six twists, in skis, however many, 10 trillion feet in the air. Like something about that is exciting to me, and I would love to to try it. So I, I would pick aerial skiing. So that tells me you're crazy. Okay. Thank no. you. <laughs> I mean, no, also I'm something excited. about the drama of ice skating is appealing because it's very similar to gymnastics. You get one shot, all eyes yeah. on you, but um, yeah, the, the, I guess the acrobatic element of aerial skiing is I, th I think really cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story today with us as part of the, the TPI team now. Um, we're very excited to have you on and, and appreciate your time today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Perfect. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.